we pray how blessed we are by your being here with us. Absolutely fabulous. Am I on? I feel like I'm on. Hello, hello? Yeah, maybe? Yeah, hear me now? I can talk loud enough that I don't need this, but I know they want to record. So welcome, everybody. The uh, song that Trey just sang just fits so perfectly with our scripture from this morning. So I wanted to share with you the scripture that you can find on the back of your bulletin that comes from the book of Ecclesiastes that says this from the third chapter. I know you know it. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And so we are in the summer series of Life's a Beat. You guys ready for a beach party? I was jigging with the kids earlier, so, you know, we're having fun down there. They were ready for the beach party. Um, but we're trying to find some balance, right? So, so to have a little bit of fun, to create a little bit of lightness, but at the same time to embrace the all of it, right, as, as Trey sang about this morning, the all of it, the fullness of the experience, the wholeness of our life. And so that's what we're about in this series. And so I passed out in the first week, those of you who are here, our little cowrie shells. So if you didn't get one of these token cowrie shells, if you raise your hand, Mel's getting up and, and Sandy maybe, they'll come around. Yeah, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Raise your hand. So this is just our reminder that we are passing out these shells as your token so that you can place it somewhere where you can see it. It can be in your awareness, on your altar, or somewhere where you see it to remind you that you get to choose the meaning behind something. Is this copper shell, what it means depends on how it's being used. For the little snail that lived here at one point in time, it was its home that protected it from anything attacking it. For an ancient civilization, it was actually a form of currency. Trade cowrie shells for things like cows and food and whatever else you might need. And a shaman, the cowrie shell might be an ancient spiritual symbol that's used within ceremony. Um, Bear there has his cowrie shell necklace on, right? Today we make crafts and whatnot. But if this was an ancient civilization, we might think Barry was our great spiritual leader, right? Thank you, Barry, right? <laughs> so our cowrie shell, the reason why we are using these as our token is because we want to remember to shift our awareness, to understand that we get to choose the meaning of something and always shift our perspective to see things a little bit differently. So a couple of weeks ago, I did uh, um, You Can't Learn to Swim in Shallow Waters. And it was about being willing to move beyond the shallows to dive deeply in life. And I had my good friend, the toucan here, right, that helped me with that particular lesson. So today we are on this idea of salt water stings and heals. And I'm taking this series of lessons from an article that I read on BeliefNet, Seven Lessons from the Beach. And so I wanted to start today, actually, with a reading from BeliefNet, what it has to say about this idea. So this is Salt Water Stings and Heals. Have you ever gone swimming at the beach and gotten salt water in a wound? It stings, but it also heals. Funny thing about that, sometimes we, go through, we must go through some pain in order to heal. 
When we are physically or emotionally wounded, we learn the healing process isn't always easy. During the healing, we may have to face situations, people, or memories that sting. It may be tears or prayer or counseling or even a time out from painful circumstances of a person. It almost always hurts. But if we let the salt water of life cleanse and heal us, the pain may lead to a newer, healthier, safer, more spiritually sound self. We may find it is taking us to a better place. It may not be the place we envisioned or the place we thought we wanted, but it may be just the perfect place at just the perfect time that God has designed for you. Salt water stings and heals. How many of you have been in the ocean and felt the sting of salt water? Yeah, most of us have. So, I, you know, there's the question of, well, how come it stings so bad in my eyes when my eyes are made of salt? Water? You know, the tears in my eyes when I cry, I, I taste them, I can feel the saltiness within the tears. So why is it that salt water stings then? And, and the reason has to do with the concentration of salt. The concentration of salt in a body of water like the ocean is much higher than the concentration of salt within our body, within those tears. And so as a result, because the concentration is so much higher, it does sting us, right? And so we can look at that stinging of the salt water in our eyes and ask ourselves the question, well, how do we experience those challenges in life that hit us and that cause that same kind of reaction, the stinging within us, right? So, so I, for myself, um, I can talk about how, you know, I can get overwhelmed. Anybody ever feel overwhelmed? Yeah? I'm not alone in that one. And in that place of overwhelm, the singing that can come up for me is that, oh, oh, no matter how hard I try, it's not enough. Anybody ever feel that one? Right? Or, or if I do this, somebody else might get angry with me and they might not love me anymore. And there's that sting of that, right? There's that sting that just happens in the daily living of our lives as we meet and interact with one another. So how do you all experience the sting that occurs in your life, wounds that are within you that you may not even realize are there, but that somebody pushes your button in just the right way and that wound just comes and opens up and begins to fester on the surface of our reaction, right? So how do you experience that sting? What is that experience like for you? Anybody? Yeah, so I can feel the sting when I take something personally. When, when somebody reacts to me out of their place of woundedness and they react and it hits my place of woundedness and I can feel the sting of that and allow myself to be in that sting of the suffering of it and depending on how I respond will determine whether or not it actually leads to a healing, doesn't it? So yes, I can take things personally. What else? Ed. Ah, withdrawal and depression. Withdraw. Anybody, because I have this, I'll have a, something really hard happening, and the only thing I want to do is go to bed and pull the covers up over my head. Anybody ever feel that way? Right? And you sit it with that thing and, and suffer within it. Right? Because of the, the hurt, the, 
the feeling that comes with, well, yeah, that's a good one. Anybody else? Retaliation. Right? I'll get you. I'll show them. And in the process of doing that, like I do that with my husband. He'll do something and I'll get mad and I'll go, I'll show him. I just won't do that anymore and he'll be sorry. Right? And in the process, I cut off each other in this relationship. Like there's no place for healing to occur when I'm in that I'll show him piece. Right? Anybody else? Resentment. Yes, that resentment that we can feel, the sting of that, that we carry with us. Anybody else? Yeah. Abandonment. Abandonment. So many of us have these old issues of abandonment. I mean, mine is just real simple. It goes back to when I was four years old and my mom and my sister went to Holland and I got left behind. And that sting of abandonment carried with me for a long time. And I didn't even know that it was there, that sting. Until I looked at it and felt it. Right? So we've got all of these many ways that we experience the sting of that wound, right? We have a, a saying that we can pour salt on the wound, right, to create even more sting. And, and we all have ways of being and reacting and responding that does that, that adds even more salt to the wound and doesn't allow the healing. But you know, that Tom and Diane definitely know, that there is a way that if you go swimming in the salt water, you can protect yourself from the sting, right? There we go. There's my, my prop for the day. There we go, right? If I wear this, now it doesn't matter that I'm swimming in the salt water going to sting my eye because it's foreign to my experience, it will protect me. I can see clearly through the salt water, see what's there without my eyes stinging. And what I know for sure is that each of us in the ways that we're experiencing our life and the sting that we're feeling of not enough and worthiness and unforgiveness and blame and victimhood and on and on, all of those ways that we experience the sting of life that we have ways we can protect ourselves so that we can see through that experience to the truth of what is. So what are the tools that we have that we can put on so that we can see clearly in spite of the, the sting that might be there, that might be occurring? Anybody? Prayer? Did I hear prayer? Prayer? Go once. Heard prayer? Prayer! Yes, prayer! We can pray. We can pray to, to, to let go of the air. So in unity, we have a prayer process called denials and affirmations, right? We can use that process of denials and affirmations to help us to see clearly. But the, the thing is that we have to remember that we are not denying that the situation is occurring. So many times in in our circles, we like to pretend that we don't see the darkness that's taking place. Just, just to be positive, just to be happy, just to be at peace. Don't look. Don't look too closely. But that's not really what denial is about. Denial is about that it doesn't have any power over me. So if I'm 
feeling and experiencing fear, guess what? It's just a chemical reaction that's taking place in my brain. I can accept I'm feeling fear in this moment. To bury my head in the sand around it isn't going to help. Anybody ever try to ignore that situation that's causing that sting? Anytime I have ever done that, what happens is the situation continues until it gets to the point of, right? And now it's like 10 times, 100 times worse than if I had just looked it squarely in the eye and asked, what's the healing that needs to take place here? And so denials and affirmations can help us with that. I deny that this fear has any power over me. I deny that this anger that I'm feeling has control of me. I deny the power of the situation over me. I am not saying the situation isn't happening. It's here. It's happening. There's sting. But before that sting can heal, I have to acknowledge it. And I acknowledge it as I give it no power. I just watched this uh, a recording this week from Marianne Williamson that, that I found really powerful in which she talked about how what we tend to do in this new thought movement is to say, well, don't pay any attention to it. Don't give it any power. So we can't look at things like um, um, injustice and hunger and all of those things that we experience in life. We can't look at that because we don't want it to grow. But what she said is, not looking at it has caused it to grow. So it's not about not seeing it. What it is about is not giving it power. And then we affirm the truth. This anger has no power over me. I am one with that divine consciousness who in this moment is taking that anger and showing me exactly what is the next right thought to hold, the word to speak, the action to take. And can you feel how affirming that denial and affirmation creates a much different action than if we just acted from anger and just reacted from that place. So we have this beautiful tool of affirmative prayer, denials and affirmations that we can use to see clearly. Anything else? Forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness of ourselves, one of the hardest things to do. That if we, if we don't forgive ourselves, the, the lens that we see life through is going to be so colored. Forgiveness of another, setting ourselves free from the error so we can see clearly again. Those are tools that we can use to see through. So I don't have my glasses on, but I see a hand going up. Yeah. A personal. Yeah. So there's a personal mantra that as soon as I catch myself reacting, I say that mantra. I put on my lenses so that I can see clearly through the sting of this situation to that place of healing, right? Yes. There is probably a gift hidden in there. Oh my gosh. So how many of you, when you are in the throes of the sting, can go, oh, but there's probably a gift here for me. Right? It's so hard to do, isn't it? But, but isn't that what we're called to do? We can see clearly through it. That's what Marianne said. You don't, you, what you do is you see through it to the other side, to the truth of it. You see it, but you see through it. So you see through the suffering. You see through that thing of the experience. See the gift on the other side. 
And one of the ways that we can do that with one another, one of the other ways that we have to see clearly is this gift of community that we are a part of. This gift of Unity Spiritual Center. These ones around you that are here encouraging you, wanting you to see clearly, for us to see clearly. So I wanted to share with you this morning a story about that, and I need to pull these off now. So I want to start by saying that I have permission to share this story because it's a uh, conversation that I had with Loretta Green. And I don't want anybody to think that you can't come and talk to me because, God, if I do, I might show up on a Sunday message, right? (laughs) So I got permission from Loretta to share this story, and so I want to share it with you. So Loretta was in here a couple of weeks ago, and she was sharing with me, I don't know how many of you know it, but Loretta has MS, her body suffers from MS, and the MS has been getting progressively worse in her body, and so she's been dealing with the stress of that. Her um, lymph system, for example, uh, is not allowing the lymph fluids to drain, you know, and so um, her body is getting larger because of that. It becomes more difficult to walk. She's now pretty much constantly on a walker. And here's what Rita said to me. She said, you know, I'm part of this community. I've been a part of this community for about 20 years now. So this is my community. And she says, I hear us say every week, we are a community of love and light. I know that when I leave the parking lot, I see the sign. What does the sign say? Now go and be the light. And she says, the thing is that I've been wondering, where is my community of love and light? Where are they showing up for me? And I want to say, and Lurita, I'm sure you're on the live stream, so we love you. I want to say that this is Lurita's perception of what's taking place. So in that perception, there's likely some truth and there's likely some error with perception, right? But nonetheless, this was Lurita's perception. Where is my community in this? And what she says is, it's hard for me to walk through those doors now. And not because it's physically hard, although it is that too, but what she was talking about is it's hard for me to come into this place where we are so caught up in this idea, we're whole and we're perfect. And this is true. That's the lens of truth that we want to see through, but that what she feels is this place of uncomfortableness that she's coming in and being looking, appearing, her body, as less than that and feeling like there's an uncomfortableness from us in interacting with her because of that. Feeling this sense, you know, of I don't want to walk through those doors and having people feel sorry for me. I don't want to walk through those doors and have people feeling pity for me. That is not what I need. And what, I, what she feels is that as a result, there has been like this wedge between her and, and the community. Now, again, hear me when I say some of that is like Rita's perceptions, and some of that has some truth to it as well. So as I was sitting there with Lorita, listening to her share so bravely, Right? Openly, honestly, from her heart about what this experience is like for her. I went into my own turning, 
right? Don't we do that? Something comes up and we begin to turn with our own thoughts. And so I easily could have gone into a place of defense, a place of um, trying to justify, a place of guilt myself. I mean, I'm the spiritual leader of this community, and if our community is letting people down, then I feel like it falls squarely on I need to do something differently. There's something I haven't done. And so the the place of guilt that comes up within me, the the place of not-enoughness that comes up within me. But the thing is, when we are in these situations, we are given a gift, as Mary Beth so beautifully said. There's a gift here, a healing here that's wanting to take place. Community. We had Project Soar a year and a half ago, and one of the biggest things that came up in Project Soar is community inreach to support one another in community. We're really good. We've got a beautiful community outreach team that helps outside of this community. But what are we doing in community? And again, in the place of defense, I can easily go to, but nobody's come forward to say, I'll take that on. It just feels so complicated and so complex. How is all that going to work? I mean, we can go to so many places to stay stuck in the sting of the salt water that's going into that wound and making us feel uncomfortable and suffering. But the fact of the matter is, I want to see clearly through that thing. You know, what does it look like if I can just take a breath here and breathe here and be here and hear? what this other one needs here. And so what Lorita said, what she needs, she needs contact with people. She needs people to give her a call. But now the thing is, she doesn't want us to call and say, oh, I see how hard you're suffering. I'm so sorry about that. That's not what she's looking for from this community. What she's looking for is somebody to look her in the eye, call her on the phone and say, I see you. I see you for the truth of who you are. I see you as whole and holy. I see that spirit of God moving through you. Lorita, I see you. And I know that you have the ability to make it through this moment with grace, with strength. I believe in you. I stand in faith with you. That's what she needs. How many of us need that? Right? So she's not needing something that we're not needing. We all need to hear that. And we need to embrace that within each other, speak that to one another. This is the balm that will heal the sting when we can see clearly using the tools that we have to do so. So as I sat there that morning, afternoon, listening to Lorita, I find that most of the time divine ideas are pretty simple. You know, we complicate things way too much. If we'll just sit and breathe and be, knowing that I am in divine mind consciousness, and that in divine mind consciousness there is unlimited ideas, unlimited possibilities. So what is it? As I sat and listened to Lorita that day and just sat with it, a beautiful divine idea bubbled to the surface. It's so simple. It's like, why didn't we think of this before? So what I've created... It's a little book that will be up at the concierge desk. And this booklet contains people that are in their own challenges and haven't been able to come that would like to hear from us, that would like you to call them and give them some encouragement, 
people like Don Erbs, like Betty Jean and Clarence Nixon, like Marilyn Robinson, like Lee Russell, like Jack Smith. And in looking for people that I don't even know about, that aren't even in here, I said, give us their name. So Mary Beth, there's your name, Mary Beth Langdon. Because somebody recognized, I haven't seen Mary Beth, because, gosh, Mary Beth fell in the parking lot when? January. And it's been healing. And so we just need to know who. Now we know who. And I'm asking that everybody just simply goes out and pulls a card out and calls someone. Help be the, the balm to ease the sting to see clearly. You are one with God, with divine mind, with all possibility. Here now, you can get that divine idea. And I know that with you. I stand in faith with you. I see that for you. Are you all willing to help me with this? Thank you. I'm guessing I'm out of time. Yep. <laughs> so on the back of your bulletin, as we have every week, is our um, spiritual practice. So our spiritual practice this week is to consider something in your life that's causing you concern, something in your life that is creating that sting. What is it for you? And recognize that we easily see the sting. We easily feel the sting. Our bodies are designed that way. But can we see beyond the sting to what Mary Beth brought up, which is the gift within it? Talk to Mary Beth about the gift that she's experienced in these seven months of healing. I know she's got a story. So can you find the gift within the sting? Can you identify what you are being called to learn, to stretch into, to understand? Can you see that it's a gift? And then throughout your week, to be aware how changing your perspective from seeing the sting to being open to the gift can help you to heal. Will you join me with that this week? Yeah. All right. And then finally, we have an opportunity as a community to join together to heal some of the divisiveness that takes place now in our society with uh, Circle the Cities with Love. So how many of you heard Circle the Cities, Circle the Cities with Love? Yeah. Third annual Circle the Cities with Love is taking place next Sunday down at Voinovich Park. And so we're getting together, whoever wants to go with us, we're going to meet in the parking lot after this service next Sunday, and we'll go down to Triscuit Station, and we'll just take the metro, the RTA in, and we'll go down to Voinovich Park, and we'll join there, circling the cities with love helping to heal that woundedness that is taking place in our world. So I hope you'll consider joining me for that, too. Thank you. God bless.